Uh, thank you, Nathan. Oh, it's good to see you guys. Y'all doing okay? That was great. That was so good. Um, I uh, so just so I don't have to answer one million questions, I'll just tell you on the front end. Uh, I rolled my ankle the other night. Something that I do periodically in my life. Uh, I love it. It's fantastic. I think we're going to move that 50-plus thing to the 40-plus category that some of you have been all worried and stirred up about. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's up, and so I'm sitting on the stool, and I mean, really, it's just because I love the attention, and I'm looking for sympathy, but you know. Um, <laughs> thanks, John Luke. John Luke, you like your dad. We know we know your voice. Anytime you make a sound, it's just like that's, that's who that is. So, um, we uh, we're starting into the new year, and uh, we have finally surpassed uh, Romans eight and uh, our Christmas things and all that stuff. And uh, we uh, we're moving into uh, a new series. Uh, the series doesn't technically start for a couple weeks, but uh, it's all tied together. You know, we have this mission statement. Uh, that we say here at 24 a lot, gospel, family, mission, uh, you know, alluding to that these are very important things for us. And, um, you know, I, I purp- I, I've, I've been feeling that this is like the year that 24 gets to actually see a whole bunch of stuff come to life that we've been praying for for a long time, that we have felt led to for a long time. Uh, and I don't have, we don't have time for me to do this and for me to tell you all of those things, but we're going to be talking about those things uh, in depth uh, over the next uh, couple of months, to be honest with you. Uh, and in fact, we're going to have uh, a, a whole bunch of kind of special guests with us even kind of throughout uh, that to kind of help tell uh, you know, where things are going and, and what we're feeling led to. But, um, you know, the, the basic is uh, we, we don't feel led to be a church that just sets, um, although I'm setting today. Uh, very appropriate. Um, hypocrite. Uh, but, um, no, um, you know, we, we feel led, we feel led uh, to be missionaries where we are called to be. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, this week, 19 years ago this week, we started 24 Church. Um, and, you know, 19 years ago when we first started the church, uh, the purpose was for these purposes that, that we felt led to be missionaries to go out into, uh, you know, the, the area that we're in and, and for the sake of the gospel specifically uh, and God's glory uh, which you can't have one without the other. And so, um, you know, that's, that's uh, what we're going to be talking about. And, and there's all kinds of stuff that are kind of, that's kind of happening behind the scenes that we're working on, Hope Center houses and, uh, you know, just uh, the possibility of new ministries and different things. But uh, I just encourage you, come hang with us. It's, this is going to be really great over the next couple of months. Uh, I think that you will enjoy it. I, I hope that you get a lot out of it. I hope the Lord speaks to your heart through it. Um, but uh, today we're talking specifically about the gospel. Uh, and so uh, if you've got a Bible and you want to get it out, we're going to go to the book of 1 Corinthians first. 
Uh, and if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles. They'll be glad to bring you one, and uh, they can give you one if uh, you need it. If you don't own one, you can keep it. Just throw your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care, and uh, they will get you one. So there you go, hip-hop hooray. Um, so no, we'd love for you to take that with you if you need it. Uh, but uh, so uh, the idea of the gospel, you know, I think that a lot of, I think that a lot of believers are guilty of seeing the gospel as something that they needed to get saved and then like leave it and go over here and do something else then. And that is so not the case. We need the gospel every single day. Like we totally need the gospel every single day. We need to hear it over and over and over again. Um, and, uh, you know, the, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, when we, when we first started the church, thinking back to that, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there were a lot of people at that time who were like, why are you starting a church? And I said, well, you know, we feel led to do something that's different. We believe that, uh, and we still believe this, that the Lord can use different types of churches to reach different types of people. And, um, you know, some of us like to rock a little harder and there's nothing wrong with worshiping that way. And, uh, uh, but then on top of that, uh, there seems to be this, I mean, still 19 years later, I feel like there's still a vacuum of churches that aren't afraid to, to worship the Lord all out and at the same time preach the gospel and, and actually teach scripture. And so, uh, that was the goal from the get go. Like, you know, we just felt this was, this was, you know, and to be honest with you, I was, you know, not to get too far into this, I was a student pastor at the time. And, and so the Lord was kind of leading me out of that. And to me, it was just like, okay, we're going to do youth ministry for adults now. Uh, and so, um, I mean, and, and seriously, I mean, like if you look at the structure of like even still today, a lot of the structure of this church is based around uh, youth ministries that I had in the past and uh, teams that we had serving and different things and all this stuff. And so um, anyway, uh, but a lot of people didn't understand, you know, why don't, you know, we, do we need another church in Cheatham County, you know? And uh, don't worry, we having trouble filling the churches that we've got. And, I, you know, and I, of course, in the back of my mind, I was just like, well, I think those churches reach, reach a certain type of people. And I feel like I'm a people that doesn't have a church that wants to reach me. And so what if we just look at starting that church? And so that's projected up church, by the way. Uh, and here, here we are, 19 years later, 19 years of being jacked up. Um, but 19 years of being jacked up with the gospel changes everything. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. And, uh, so, you know, uh, as, as we're talking about this today, I, I hope, I hope that, uh, it makes sense. And, uh, I hope that, uh, you know, you don't check out and go, well, you know, we're talking about the gospel. I got that when I got saved. No, listen, you need this. Every one of us needs to hear the gospel over and over. In fact, every one of us needs to learn to preach the gospel to ourselves over and over every day. It is the thing that, that is going to ground us. It is the thing that is going to get us through. And I'll, I'll get to some of that later in the deal. Uh, the word gospel specifically means good news, by the way, if you didn't know that. And the, sp the specific news that the gospel refers to is the message about what Jesus, the Son of God, has done for us through his perfect life, atoning death, and miraculous resurrection. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, let's look at this. I love this, love this passage. It says this, it says in verse 1, uh, it says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, 
in which you stand and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, accordance, accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So Paul is, you know, writing to uh, the church at Corinth here, and he's beginning this section of his letter to them, uh, you know, really kind of coming down to just the gospel, and, and he really does a great job. Uh, good job, Paul. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the Lord, the Lord used Paul to do this. I really believe that. Uh, but you know, he does a fantastic job of kind of lining out the gospel. If you look at these four verses, uh, let's go back to verse one. He says, "Now I would ri- remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you." So he's 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 kind of he's been doing all this instruction of like you know, hey, here's what it looks like to be the church and all this, and then he's like, "But let's come back to the gospel." And again, he's teaching a church, which most of them are probably believers. So if you think that the gospel is only for people that are not saved, guess again. And so then he, he kind of walks through these things. He, he says, uh, you know, and I'll remind you, brothers, of the gospel which I preached to you. And he, the first thing, he, he kind of lines out several things. He says, first thing, which you received, okay? So he's saying, those of you that are saved, those of you that know Jesus as your Savior, you have received the gospel. You have believed in it. You've believed in the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came and lived a perfect life, died the death for, that we deserve to die for our sin, and rose again from the grave. You know, that they believe that, okay? So he's pointing back to that. And he says, in which you stand, he's like, you stand in the gospel. Love that. That's the second thing he kind of lines out there. And then the third thing he says, <clears throat> and by which you are being saved. And so, and, and, I, and I love the being saved. I think it's the, I think sometimes we're, you know, uh, we're like in this thing of like, again, that we, you know, the gospel saved us, the news, the good news about Jesus saved us, and then we kind of don't have to have it. We can kind of go do our own thing. And that is not the way that the Lord has brought this to us. Like he is continuing to save us. Now, I'm not saying that we're not already saved. We are already saved 100%. But the truth is, is that he has saved us from now through the end of eternity. We are saved, being saved, all that, you know, like we're not going to lose it tomorrow, okay? And, and I think that that's a huge piece of the puzzle that a lot of people don't think about. They're like, oh, I'm going to mess up. What if I mess up real bad this week, Chris? Well, guess what? You are. You are going to mess up real bad this week. At some point this week, you're going to be a knucklehead and you're going to sin against God. You're going to do something. And guess what? The blood of Jesus is still good enough to save you from that. You're still being saved, right? I love that, right? The fourth thing he says, and if you hold and and if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, so he's you know kind of this you know reminder of the gospel, you know which you received and which you stand by, which you're being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, and then he says, unless fifth thing, unless you believed in vain, unless you didn't really believe, in which you're in trouble, right? In verse 3, he goes on here, he says, For I, have de- I delivered to you as of first importance what, also, what I also received. And so he's saying, I, this is what I got, I, and, I, and this is what I taught to you, that 
Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So he's saying, you know, if you believed in vain and you, you've forgotten, well then here it is again. I'm going to throw it down one more time. Now, here's where I find a lot of believers. If, if we're being honest, a lot of folks struggle with what it looks like to share Jesus with a friend or a neighbor or whoever. And I just want to tell you, it's as simple as that right there. It's as simple as that right there. It's believing in Jesus to be that guy. But that guy isn't just a guy. That guy is God. That guy is the son of God. That he came and that he did this for us. This is huge for us. And it's huge for us because we're a bunch of messed up, jacked up, broken sinner group of people. That's what we are. You know, we, we mess and it's, and that's okay. That's who we are. The good news is about what Jesus has done to provide salvation for the world. We need salvation because we, we are all broken people. And Jesus has made a way for us to be forgiven of our sin and to have fellowship with God. Jesus wants to fix our brokenness. Us. He wants to fix our brokenness. And the Bible explains that everyone in their natural state as a sinner is an enemy of God. Romans 3.23, very basic. You've heard this before probably. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That, that's just basically saying it, it's, it's a level playing field. Nobody, nobody's better than somebody else, right? Nobody, nobody needs to be put on a pedestal. We're all a bunch of sinners. Don't put... Don't put anybody on a pedestal. Don't put a preacher on a pedestal. Don't, you know, don't, don't put, you know, whatever. I, and we still do it, right? We're still guilty of doing this, but the truth is, is that we're all a bunch of sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Ephesians 2, 5 says this. It says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace, you have been saved. We were dead in our trespasses. Dead, right? Dead, no life. Believe in Jesus. Find true life. Saving life. Life now and for eternity. Not just one or the other. Both things, right? Huge, huge piece of truth for us today. And that he made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. He goes on in that passage talking about how, you know, that's so that no one may boast, right? That we can't say, well, I did it. You know, look at me. I saved myself. We can't save ourselves. We can't do it. Jesus has done the work. We can't do the work because we're sinners. And our, sinner, and our sin separates us from God. But he loved us so much that he made a way, that he wanted us to be friends. Though we are broken, God loves us. And though we are naturally enemies of God and our sin has separated us from God, Jesus came to earth to die an atoning death so that we could become friends of God rather than enemies. Romans 5.10 For if we were enemies... 
we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his death. We were enemies. Enemies. Let me ask you a question. Just, you know, on the chance. If you have someone in your life that you might have a grudge against, maybe they are a full-blown enemy. I don't know if it's like, you know, Cobra Commander and G.I. Joe necessarily, maybe not, hopefully not, you know? You know, where it's like you can't wait to destroy them or something like every other 80s cartoon. Um, but maybe there's somebody in your life that, you you really struggle like if they you know if we said hey let's get together and have lunch you'd be like nope I'm out um, you know how do you feel about them what would you be willing to do for them because what God has done for us He did while we still had our backs turned on Him that while we were still sinners Christ died for the ungodly right? I got to share that this week, uh, last week, at a, a friend's mom's funeral. And uh, there, there's just moments every once in a while when you're a pastor where you share scripture, you say something, you know, plenty of moments I say stuff and go, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Uh, I even had a couple of those moments during that funeral, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but uh, no, there was a moment in that, in that uh, service where I shared that passage that Christ came and died uh, you know, for the ungodly, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Uh, and you know, I, there, I just felt like the air went out of the room you know, when that scripture was read. And I, I, I felt that, you know, just have, you have this feeling every once in a while. There's plenty, there's plenty of Sundays I walk away going, I don't know if, I don't know if anybody even heard that today. I, I think I could have just stayed home and we could have played a VeggieTales video or something. Uh, but, uh, you know, then, then every once in a blue moon, like you just feel like the Lord move and do something. And I felt like in that moment, there are people in this room that got that for the first time today. And I just, I can't tell you. That's, that's why I do a funeral. That's why I will, will do it if drop the hat. You know, the funny thing is, this is, I'm totally getting off base here. Uh, the funny thing is the funeral homes that need like the random preachers to come do funerals for families that don't have a pastor or whatever, they rarely call the blue mohawk guy. And so, um, and if I do, it's because they really think I'm going to jive with that family. Totally, totally being honest, and they'll be like, "We we just think you're a good fit for this for this uh, for this for this family, brother Chris." And I'm like, "Okay, brother Tim, you know." And so, God saved us while we were enemies. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish have eternal life. We're not willing to do that for our enemies usually. We're not, we're not willing, we're not willing to, to, you know, share a meal with our enemies usually, right? Which, you know, that's a whole other thing. If you've got something there, let the Lord speak to your heart about that. But what God did is he sent his son to die for his enemies 
that we might have life. And I think that's amazing. And I need to be reminded of that. Also, the gospel is not religion. The gospel is different from religion. Religion is all about what we do for God, but the gospel is all about what Jesus has done for us. Religion produces guilt, right? You see this. You see, and I, and I see Christians that fall into this. They've got this like, you know, religious guilt, this, you know, and, and, it's, and a lot of it is how they've been taught and the churches that they grew up in or whatever it may be. Uh, but it's this, you know, it's this, uh, you'll see it, you know, religion producing guilt and it, it's this, if we can't measure up or keep all the check boxes or whatever, uh, you know, or it's the opposite of that, which is, you know, that they have pride and it's kind of this, uh, we feel we're doing pretty good kind of thing. It's the, so I can boast thing, which Paul just taught about, taught against about, you know, in that uh, passage we read a minute ago. Uh, you know, so I, I think it's important for us to see that and to see the differences of it and for us to understand clearly because there is a ton of what we know as legalism that has been taught, even especially in areas like the area that we live in right now, uh, where there are a lot of people who equate Christianity with keeping rules instead of Christianity being Jesus saved us and gave us life. And, and, out of, and out of that, we're changed and we desire to follow him. Not we have to do all these. First of all, we can't keep the check boxes. That's why I told you this week, you're probably going to do something awful because you're a sinner and you're still a sinner. We need his saving grace. The gospel is not earned, but offered as a gift. And all we need to do is receive this gift by faith in Jesus. The truth is none of us could never, could ever do enough good things to earn salvation. So God says, just believe. Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So that no one may boast. Jesus did the work. He's done all the heavy lifting. By the way, he wants to continue to do all the heavy lifting in your life. Whatever heavy things are dragging you down, he's, he's saying, hey, let me take that stuff. Surrender that to me. Surrender you to me, right? And let me take that stuff. Let me carry that stuff. Furthermore, another piece, and I talked about this at that funeral too, because that passage is so perfect for it, um, is, you know, we don't have to clean ourselves up and then go to God. And I think that that's a misnomer that, that exists, especially in the, you know, belt buckle of the Bible belt, if you will. Uh, and this idea that, you know, receiving Jesus by faith is, you know, this is so much better than the idea of like, we've got to clean ourselves up and then go to God. But receiving Jesus by faith is more than just an acknowledgement of the facts of Jesus' life, but a decision to turn your life over to Christ. Accepting the gospel means letting Jesus take control of your life. It means letting him be Lord of your life. The captain, 
if you will, right? You remember, remember the Captain Morgan, you know, Captain? <clears throat> Not that Captain. But, I, I mean, you know, what, what an amazing thing God has done for us, again, while we were still sinners. Romans 10, 9 says this. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. And, and, I, and I think one of, one of the troubles that we have in, in areas like what we live in is that you know, so many people got a you know misconstrued view of like what it means to like know Jesus or be a Christian you know it's that whole like you know being a Christian you know I got uh, you a Christian oh yeah I go, uh, I go to church you know okay well you ever stand in your garage does that make you a car uh, you know so uh, not usually right um, I can think of one eighties cartoon where that happened but yeah uh, but yeah you know it's this is a hard thing right? This is a hard thing. It's not about a going to church thing. It's not a, I, you know, and I've said this, you've heard me say this, and I'm going to continue to say it till the day I die because I don't want people hanging their hat on stuff that didn't save them. Nothing saves you but Jesus. And there's so many people out there that are still hanging their hat on things like, well, I just, I just, I just always went to church. I've just always known Jesus. No, at some point we recognize in our lives that we are sinners and that we need him to save us and that we can't do it on our own, that we need that. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You could call on the name of the Lord today. If you don't know Jesus, today might be the day for you. You feel God speaking to your heart today about that? Maybe you thought you were a Christian. You know, I thought I was a Christian at one point in time. And then uh, summer right before my freshman year of high school, God showed me so clearly in my heart. He said, Chris, you know a lot about me, but you don't know me. I grew up in church. My dad was a preacher. Now he's a preacher here. Actually, he's preaching somewhere else today. But, you know, I, I could pick the locks at the church. I mean, I, I'd spent so much time at church. Nobody spent as much time at church as I did. We lived at church. It didn't make me a Christian. Trusting in Jesus to be my Savior is the very best thing that ever happened in my life, and it truly changed me. Even as a teenager, it changed me. Like the conviction in my heart, like, you know, when I was called to ministry was while I was a teenager. And, I, you know, I kind of like let that, I let that ball out. You know, it's like, oh, you know, well, I feel led to do this, and then everybody's happy for me. And then like, I spent several years like trying to run from it. I'm like, wait a second, I don't want to do this. I want to go do something else, you know? He's got a plan. We're not supposed to try and clean ourselves up and go to Jesus. Don't make that mistake. He wants you now. He'll do the cleanup. 
You don't clean house before the maid comes. You don't vacuum your car out before you take it to get detailed. What are we thinking? He wants us like we are. We need him to do the cleanup. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 talks about that cleanup in all sorts of people's lives. I I love this because it's so clear. It says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, check this out. I know some of you are like, oh, that's that's a list. Verse 11, and then he says this, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That'll preach. Folks, (laughs) we all need a washing. The question is, is have you had it? And if you have, to be reminded of how this was done, I don't know about you, but this takes me to the foot of the cross, which is honestly where I need to be most of the time instead of where I find myself in this life all wound up about something else, right? Call on Jesus. All that is required to become a Christian is believe and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. So pray. Even if it's the very first time you've ever prayed, pray and ask Jesus to save you and come into your life. It's that simple. It's, again, it's a heart thing. It's not a checklist thing. It's not a one time I went down front and then I got baptized thing. Baptism doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. We do baptism, and by the way, we'll do baptism for anybody. You know, if they've trusted in Jesus, and we'll do those anytime here. Um, if they've trusted in Jesus, but baptism is a showing of what has already happened. It's making public that Jesus has saved us. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God who lived, died, and rose again to save you from your sin. If you believe that in your heart, you call on his name, you will be saved. How do I know that? How do I know that? Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Embrace Jesus. Admit your sinfulness to God and to ask Jesus to come into your life and save you. It is literally that simple. By the way, most of what I'm teaching today is actually on our website and has been there for a long time. If you go to 24church.com and you go up and you click on about, one of the very top things, which I love, it says the gospel. You click on that and you will find pretty much the outline of this message today. And by the way, the person that spent who knows how much time as he spends tons of time behind the scenes and people never see it and it goes very to be a very thankless job a lot of times, 
uh, is Ben Adkison, and I thank him for the work that he did, uh, especially on this piece, but all, this, all the stuff and all the work that he does on so much of this stuff for us. So, why? Why is the gospel so important that we started a church 19 years ago? Let me ask you a question. If you are a doc, we've got a few docs in here. We've got at least one, I know. If you are a doc and you find out that you have in your possession and the ability to get an unlimited quantity of a medication that will fix every sickness in the world, would you not give that? If you were an insurance agent, we got a few of those too. If you were an insurance agent and you figured out that you have a policy that you could write for, uh, that takes care of everything, no matter the circumstances, on the cheap, would you write that policy for not every customer that you came across? If you are a teacher, And you realize teaching this one sentence would help every student to retain all the information that they would ever taught, that they would ever be taught. Would you not dedicate yourself to teaching that sentence all throughout your career? Then if we are Christians and we know the way, the truth, And the life, would we not want everybody else to know the way, the truth, and the life? The gospel reminds us of something, folks. It's not just good for your saving moment in life, okay? It reminds us that God has a plan. And I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded that he has a plan. I need to be reminded that this is all bigger than me. You know, that my life is all bigger than me. And that when I go through a hard moment, that I'm not looking at my life going, well, I guess my life is ruined. The gospel gives us a reason to live. We need it every day. We sang just a few minutes ago, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. Do we believe that? I believe that. I believe that and there's days of my life that I need to be reminded of it. But if you're here today and you've never trusted in Jesus, I plead with you today. Don't try to be strong in your own strength. It will not be there when you need it. Only one strength will be there, the strength that God gives according to the gospel. And that is the truth that Jesus died, lived that perfect life, died, and rose again to defeat sin on our behalf and to give us life. 
I'm so grateful for that today. Why don't we do this? Why don't we bow our heads for a moment? And Christian, I want to encourage you right now. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you know has not trusted in Jesus to be their Savior. And if that's the case, I want to give you a minute to just pray for them right now. Maybe God's put somebody on your heart. Just just lift them up to the Lord. When I do that, I ask the Lord to speak to their hearts, to help me to know how to be a good friend and be someone that could be helpful in showing them how to get to Jesus. If you're here today and you're not a believer, you've never trusted in Christ, I want to give you a second to just pray and just ask Jesus to save you. Trust in Him. Believe in your heart. This is, this is a hard thing. cry out to you today that we believe in all of our lives you have been faithful and so good to us sending Jesus for us to do what we couldn't do for ourselves God thank you thank you for Jesus thank you for the cross thank you for his suffering thank you for his willingness to die thank you bringing him back from the grave. Thank you for defeating death for us. Thank you for giving life to us and promising us life even beyond the death of this earth. God, I pray, Lord, that we trust in you for all things. God, thank you for your son. We ask this today in his name.